What's uh, what's happening, Wes? Oh, you know, Brian. Just the usual West Day routine, brother. Just trying to get up to speed with all that's been happening in uh, VR land as I've been toiling away at my computer in VR land. I like I like VR land. VR land is a nice place to hang out. Um, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes people get frothy at the mouth. I got. I was pretty. Um, <laughs> pretty amused since since we last spoke yeah um a noted respected journalist one of the better reviewers in our space uh-huh. uh gave crossfire a mixed review mm-hmm. and the game cats just lynched him for it and i love it and ha- i love it and hate it at the same time yeah they definitely pounced and so uh publicly i'd like to say bad cats bad cats but probably like to say <laughs> fucking kick ass dude don't let people get away with that <laughs> no. nonsense uh yeah I, I will say without naming names um i thought you know it's one th- it's one thing to do a bad review or bad impressions but I, I think some of the responses to the comments were super immature uh but you can't True. win them all wes you can't win them all i do want to say listen before we get the show started <laughs> um <laughs> I save all of my hold screens. The thing you're looking at right now, right? The thing that says is firewall fixed. I save all these hold screens by date. And so very frequently when I'm getting the show together, I will, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll hit nine hyphen six hyphen, and then it'll pop up. Right. But, but today two popped up because last year on this exact date, this was our hold screen fire. Reveal trailer, let's unpack Firewall Ultra on PSVR 2 plus End Dreams Studio Elevation. Um, wow. So it's wow. crazy that one year ago today, we saw our very first look, or, or, or not even not even really a good look, right? Because it seemed kind of cinematic. Uh, our first look of Firewall Ultra. One year ago. And I, and I want to do this. I want to start doing this for a lot more shows. I mean, unless people don't fucking care, right? Because... Right. <laughs> And I'll say people don't care, but I'd love to go back and be like, hey, on this day in Without Parole history or PSVR history, uh, this other shit happened. Pretty crazy, right? That's a great idea. That'd be a great like two minute video, actually, um, oh. from time to time. Um, I was thinking about maybe doing like um, for some milestone, you know, some upcoming milestone, maybe doing like an art book with all of our, our episode thumbnails on them, because we always include like the, the game art for the main topics of the episode. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be an interesting, you know, we're doing, we're about to hit 200. So we could make a pretty substantial book out of that if we wanted to. Uh, me sing. Can I get that in hardcover? Oh, if we do it, that only hardcover. Hells yeah. All right, man. Now that we've wasted everybody's time, you want to start the show? <laughs> Might as well. Sure. Let's do it. This is PSVR Gamescast Live. We film live every single Monday, Wednesday, and Two Eyes Friday right here on Without Parole YouTube Live, 6 p.m. Eastern for your viewing pleasure. For all those who like to watch with your ears, we also do this on podcast services of your choice. What podcast services are those, Wes? No one knows. It's impossible to find out. So just search podcast without parole and you'll probably find some fucking weird shit out there. I can't imagine 
We're the only podcast with a name without parole. My name is Brian Popnishian right here, PSVR without parole. And this gentleman over here to my left, you're right. It's Wes Dillon from our, can I call it a sister channel? Is that, or or, or does that sound wrong? Uh, I don't, I don't, I, I might get offended if you misgender us, Brian. From, uh, I mean, understandable. The, the, the he, him <laughs> podcast, uh, Virtual Strangers, uh, or he, they, I suppose, considering that there's m more of you. Um, uh, virtual strangers yeah. the, they, they, the everything them. vr podcast they them please they them please got it we'll, got we'll, it we'll we'll remain uh, general neutral fantastic virtual strangers is what i was trying to say virtual strangers <laughs> what's what's going on over there these days i have i feel like i haven't caught up with you like well since last wednesday at this time uh brother don't uh, well what is going on over there well it's been a whole lot of psvr2 lately like you know firewall a couple weeks ago crossfire this past week what else we talked about another oh we did no man's sky this past week um beautiful now brian it's absolutely stunning uh still the boring were real the rumors were true still, still very boring but it is a beautiful kind of boring dude I, I played that game for probably four hours last week and i bet i mean i'll be generous and say two of it was breaking rocks and trees but it was probably more than two hours of breaking rocks and trees. I, I was, I wanted to swallow my controller. It was terrible. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard anyone say I want to swallow my controller when they're. <laughs> it, it was, um, I streamed some of it and shout out to J Devil for sh just showing up. He found me somehow in the No Man's Sky universe and gave me some resources to save me from having to toil so much. Uh, but I get it. I know before before we get 50 comments that say, do the nerfed mode, Wes, uh, I get it. People have told me that I need to do the nerfed mode so I don't have to grind so much. But I also heard that that like nerfs the combat, uh, which I don't want. I don't want that. Like I want the combat to be hard and I want the game to be challenging. I just don't want to break sticks and, and rocks for hours and hours. Sure. So I don't know. I'm told to keep going, that it gets better, and then after a while, you don't have to do so much of that sort of thing. But I'm also told that takes about 10 hours. So, Which is yeah. a, a drop um, in the pool of the thousands of hours spent by No Man's Sky players, uh, obviously. Right. Yeah, the first, I mean, 10 hours is nothing, essentially, if you're going to end up spending 1,000 hours in this game. Um, I mean, I agree with you. I agree with, you know, some people in the chat, Mikey D Cosmo VR Game Cat Rare in the chat says No Man's Sky is tedious. And I I agree. Uh, but as someone who's never got more than 30 hours into it, I agree. Uh, as somebody who, you know, <laughs> right. would love to spend 100, 200, 300 hours in this game at some point when there's no PSVR 2 games to review. I, I, I understand that you guys are like very comfortable with all the mechanics and you don't have to like, you know, uh, grind for nanite or graphite or whatever the fuck it is at the beginning of the all game. of it you have to yeah. you have to mine for everything bro like you have to, you have to mine for resources so that you can build things but when you get the resources you can't just build them you have to unlock schematics for it but you can't unlock schematics without going and mining for data <laughs> to unlock the schematics like you literally have to go dig capsules out of the earth so that you can get data to unlock schematics to build things with the other stuff that you mind. I mean, it is it is it is something different, Brian. Um, but I love it. It's beautiful. It's it's very it's even 
better looking than the PC version ever was. So uh, I'll give them that. It is a beautiful game with endless exploration, which I do enjoy. It's the beauty of dynamic foveated rendering, Wes. It's which PC, Indeed. of course, just doesn't have. Um, so, uh, so that's why we get such a beautiful version. And uh, oh, did you did you see uh, there was a there was a Q and A uh, or maybe an AMA? I forget what they called it. Doesn't matter. With Archiact Games, who makes, of course, Journey to Foundation, and one of the cats asked, "Does it use dynamic foveated rendering?" And they said, "Great question." No. Uh, well, that doesn't, I mean, they've done beautiful games before. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to look bad. Right. It just means that it doesn't use that technology. So right. fingers crossed. I'm, I'm sure it'll look great. I mean, the, the footage looks great from, um, from, you know, the promo material, the substantial promo material that they've shared at this point. It all looks good. And um, for what it's worth, like games like Evasion and Freediver, were beautiful on PC before, and they weren't bad looking on PlayStation One or PlayStation VR One. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm not worried about it. I think it'll, I think it'll be fine, and the game will look really good. Yeah, I'm not concerned until there's a reason to be concerned. You know how we feel about this, Wes. But the minute we start it up, all you have to do is see the Archiact logo. That's all you need to know. Like that's literally the only thing you need to see to know how good the game is going to look, right? Because even the logo starting these games up if it's even the slightest bit fuzzy you're like well i can already tell you how the graphics are going to look how the environments are going to look this game is going yeah. to look a little bit fuzzy but if it's crystal fucking clear if those icons at the very beginning of the game are crystal clear you're like i'm in for a treat and i'm never wrong right like you can just tell the second you start up a game you know what it's going to be like yeah when i saw that smile gate last week i was like oh yeah this is going to be good now let's try the game feel on with the five dollar tip says dm in nms stands for mining uh hey wes you mind if i mind if i take a second here and talk to niles ryan one-on-one you're all right with that yeah go for it all right listen i i, I always say uh, that there's two things you should never talk about uh or, or two types of stories you should never tell uh, and that's dreams don't tell stories about what happened in your dreams and don't tell stories that involve you driving and then trying to explain what happened with other drivers. You know why? Because they're only interesting to you. Okay. <laughs> really. It's like the fucking worst type of story. You can tell dreams and driving. They're only interesting to you. I promise that said, let me tell you about, <laughs> tell you about a dream I had. Um, I dreamt that we were at the GameCat meetup and we, and people were starting to fill up. It, it, it happened at my aunt's house, which is strange because it was a dream, but you know, that's how dreams work. And so all these cats started flooding in. I didn't recognize any of them and somebody stole my laptop and we were supposed to do a live episode of GamesCast Live from my aunt's house at the GameCat meetup. And then somebody walked by and I was like, hey, Nihilus Ryan, you were the only one I recognized. <laughs> Um, and, and that was the dream. It was terrible. It was a terrible dream and it was really boring. So that's why I figured I'd share with you guys. So basically what he's saying is he wants his laptop back, Ryan. Uh, and he knows it was you. I mean, I didn't want to accuse anybody. Not blatantly. That's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm here for, Brian. I'll, I'll accuse all of, all of your suspects for you. Wonderful. Uh, we also got, uh, Mikey D, and don't worry, Killer Artist, I'm saving your tip for later. Mikey D, Cosmo VR Game Cat with the $5 tip says, I want to love No Man's Sky, but the game starts off in a bullet hell-like bombardment of instructions. Ease us in. I mean, those instructions are called a tutorial, and it is literally the most difficult tutorial like of all time. Like I, 
it's even though it's telling you what to do, I'm still like, there's too many buttons. There's menus that like are just too deep and things that I'm like, I, I feel dumb there's when I play No Man's Sky. Dude. It's a lot of reading. It's too much reading. Like it has, it's very like the 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 storyline is very well written the way that they've have it written out. But I feel like when I'm reading it, someone should be reading it to me. Like there, there should be a narrator reading this stuff out. Uh, it reads like a, a well-written novel. I mean, it really does. Uh, whenever something happens and you'll, you'll get the little dialogue thing that pops up, the, the machine makes a interesting sound as it whirs to life and stuff like this. And I'm like, okay, well, why am I reading in VR? Come on now, help me out. I don't know. I have no idea. Also, unconditional malice is people who don't have interesting dreams say that. So I guess I don't have interesting dreams. Actually, and, and that's true. Half my dreams are about waiting tables still and, and about getting weeded. And oh, it's, God. yeah, dude, it's, I don't think that's ever going to go away. I think I'm fucking screwed for life. And it's this that's most brilliant. stressful type of dream, Wes. Like I wake up in a cold sweat. And, but luckily, at least when I wake up, I don't have to go do that. Five years ago, Ryan. when I had those dreams, I'd wake up and have to go to fucking work. Worst terrible shit ever. Brian, d did you forget to put table lights order in? You fucking did, didn't you? Oh my god, they're never getting their <laughs> paella. <-os. laughs> they're never getting their paella. Oh my god, Nick Mulo. Nick Mulo in the chat backs me up. He says no one cares about your dreams, no matter how interesting they are. In that, I agree with. I've never heard someone say I had a dream last night, and then my interest went up from there that's never happened in the history of conversations so just a warning uh, also driving seriously go anyone who ever tells you a story about driving it's always like so i was here and he was there right and i had the right of and you're just like they're explaining it but i don't have the mental capacity to actually imagine it and, and visualize the story because i just don't care hopefully it's a short story that's always what's in my head Hopefully it's almost over. I agree. I agree with this. Um, but here's the cool thing about living in today's age is that half the people have dash cams. And I can sit on YouTube for two hours and watch driving video dash cam footage of people that, you know, jumped out in front of you and, and got what was coming to them three minutes later when they get, you know, run off the road or whatever. Uh, I, I fall down these YouTube rabbit holes all the time. I love it. Oh, man. I could see that. Dash cam stuff is always fun. I'll give you that. You know what's not fun? Losing a member of our community and not so much losing, right? And not so much our community. But Jimmy Bowers over at Endreams, community manager over there. If you guys aren't familiar with Jimmy, uh, then maybe you haven't been over to the Endreams Discord, but really he has been the face of Endreams for a couple of years now. Uh, I interviewed him before Fract came out, I believe. And, uh, and and so it's been a few years, it's been a really good relationship with him, and he's leaving End Dreams. Uh, today is his very last day. Really sad, Wes. Really sad. Yeah, we're going to miss Jimmy. I mean, when I sit here and say that guy's the best, I'm not exaggerating. He's been the best. I've worked with a lot of community managers, a lot of marketing guys, many of them uh, that have been great. Uh, but Jimmy's been the best. Uh, I love that guy, and I'm gonna get to. I'm gonna miss getting to kind of work with him on VR projects, even though I don't expect that this is goodbye forever. Because uh, Jimmy is a bit of a friend now, and I do expect that we're gonna keep in touch from time to time. I'm, I'm gonna 
get to miss working together with him, though. It's kind of sucks that he's leaving. Although I am happy for him because I know that uh, it's not without cause. He didn't get fired or anything. He's moving on up the the ladder, so to speak. And as some uh, uh, someone with a new family, uh, that's a pretty big deal. So that guy's living the dream. I'm very happy for him, but I'm selfishly upset today because I know that Jimmy's not going to be on the uh, the other side tomorrow. So yeah, yeah kind of sucks. I mean, there's there's community managers that just do their job. And I think that's a majority of the community managers I'm in touch with. Uh, they, they, they make sure I get keys when I need them. They make sure that if I want to do an interview, they get me in touch with the right person. Uh, they ju- and, and on top of that, you know, they manage the Discord, that kind of stuff. Uh, but it, it, always, it always felt like Jimmy went a step beyond, always. Um, and like he was constantly in touch, you know, like when, uh, during pretty much any, any big moment over the last few years, like, you know, always sent a personal message just to, you know, make sure everything, everybody was all right and everybody's doing okay. And, um, you, you don't find people like him very often. Um, and so, uh, yeah, uh, Vince Virtue asked, where is he going? And, uh, I don't think he's disclosed that publicly yet, so we're not going to be the ones to do it. Uh, so, uh, but keep an eye on him and, uh, we're, cool. we're yeah, we're, he's you know he's off to do he's off to do bigger and better things, uh, and and yeah, and and hopefully we'll still see him around as part of the uh, the GameCat community. He's he's always been a fan of this community, and it's, you know he sent me a message today just saying, you know how great this community has been, and how you know there's certainly all sorts of communities all over uh, the internet, and uh, and 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 this is more, one of the more positive ones that he's come across. So. It was, it was some nice words from him today. Yeah. Yep. Gonna miss you, Jimmy. Uh, moving on, man. Uh, if you haven't clicked all those links in the description while we're flapping our lips over here, uh, make sure you first subscribe to Wes and his friends over Virtual Strangers, where they cover all things VR, not just PlayStation VR 2, although let's be honest, that's where all the cool shit's happening. Uh, you can also uh-huh. click the link in the description below and join our Discord. Discord is where... Conversations like this happen 24-7. People hang out. I mean, I'm there all day while I'm working. Uh, not that you're going to be signing up to come hang out with me. There are way cooler people to hang out with there. Uh, but you can also leave your viewer takeover questions in our viewer takeover channel. And what does that mean? It means you get to get a question on the show, most likely, if it's you know a good question, without spending a single penny. Like Primal Sage did. He writes, hashtag viewer takeover, with the recent news that Fire Sprite is working on a triple A horror title. Triple A, Wes! Triple A. <laughs> I'm excited. What are your expectations regarding it being VR, flat, or hybrid? Okay, first of all, Fire Sprite. You know, they, they contributed to Call of the Mountain. They made the persistence. Do you think, Wes, that this is actually going to be a triple A title from what we've seen by, um, by them so far? Or is that just like PR speak? Well, as a Sony first-party studio, um, I do expect it to technically be a a triple-A title. Now, it may not be a a God of War, you know, $100 million budget title, but I do expect triple-A quality. And to answer the question, uh, I, I would bet my bank account that it's a hybrid. It'll be a hybrid game. It'll be something that can be enjoyed both um on the traditional you know gaming uh 
medium as well as VR, um, because that's what the persistence was. And for what it's worth, even though it was like gamepad controls, mm -hmm. uh, the persistence was probably the best, uh, the, the best use of gamepad controls in the game. Uh, you feel like you have your arms in that game, even though you don't really. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be something like that. And I am very excited to find out what it actually is. I, I'm my, the big question for me, Brian is, um, is it going to be from a known horror IP franchise or is it going to be a new IP? That's, that's what I'm really curious about. Yeah, I mean, we know that Fire Sprite is what, four times bigger than they were when they made the Persistence. Uh, I think they were 60 employees yeah. then. Now they're like 240 or something like that. So they are a massive team now. So I'm, I'm definitely curious to find out if the whole team is working on this project or if they're still kind of split off and kind of siphoned off to do their own thing. Um, but uh, I do feel as though it could be AAA, like an actual AAA project. And I'm with you. I think hybrid is the only thing that makes sense i think that uh we it's it's funny because i say we were promised this hybrid future by sony but only by word of mouth right like they talked yeah. about hybrids at a developer summit that the public wasn't supposed to be in on and then we told you guys what they said there and sony's still mad about it um so they didn't promise us jack shit, but they did tell developers that this is the future and so based on that promise you'd expect that a few more a few hybrid titles come from sony obviously we got gran turismo 7 at launch uh and i and i think a horror title is obviously i think everybody would look at sony and go what the fuck are you doing if they brought out a triple a horror title first party and then didn't also make it vr compatible like i i would just say well let's pack it in they, they're not going to support psvr2 anymore because yeah, that's the most right. obvious title they could support it with um what uh what yeah. What IPs do you think they could be? Uh, they they could have their grubby little fingers on us, brother. I don't know. You know, there for a while I thought that they might be working on the uh, the Silent Hill uh, VR game, mm -hmm. um, but when Bloober Team got kind of announced as working on the Silent Hill remake, I kind of shot that theory down. Uh, so I don't know what what great horror franchises are out there, Ryan, that need to be revived. That's really kind of the question. Uh, because I, I don't think their whole, st whole studio is working on this. Uh, I, I think that um, I do believe the rumors that they're working on Twisted Metal game. I'm hopeful that they're working on updating the persistence for PSVR 2. I mean, they updated the persistence for Modern Flat. So, yeah. like, they put in ray tracing and all this, uh, all these extra features for Modern Flat systems. So it only makes sense that they would support PSVR 2 in the same way. Um, but I don't know what, what, what kind of horror franchises are there out there that we might see get revived specifically things that came to prominence on PlayStation. Well, it's funny because SB also, what's up SB? I feel like I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, in the chat said, uh, Sony did just renew the siren trademark recently. Uh, and it's funny because I had seen that and I kind of tucked it away in the back of my brain and said, I wonder what's up with that. Siren has never been my favorite horror series. Uh, there was like, I think one on the PS2 and then one in Japan that never came here. And then there was uh, an episodic one for PS3. Uh, and I've always kind of hated the way that it played, right? Cause you have to, you're, you're this character and you're basically just trying to get from one end of a, you know, 
spooky uh, Japanese town to another. Uh, but what you do is you kind of uh, mind jack uh, the enemy's vision. And so you kind of look, use them as a security camera to sneak your way past them. And, uh, and I think that would work really well in VR. But I don't know if I want to play it. Like it just wasn't, the gameplay didn't work for me. So it's very possible that they could maybe rework all of this and, uh, and give us a brand new Siren game, which would be amazing. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, the uh, shapeshifter, the amorphous game cat says fear. There's one. Who who owns the fear property? Jesus. I don't know, but that's a good one, though. That, that was pretty prominent in PS3 era. Am I right? Uh, yeah. Just checking my PS3 games. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to agree with you. Random Toxie. Random Toxie says Bioshock VR. Uh, but man, I, I don't. Do you, do you call that? I would love that. Do you call it's that horror, a but... horror game? I mean, I feel like if you no. remade Bioshock, you could like make it even scarier. Um, but it was definitely it oh was for tense. sure. Yeah, you could for sure make it a horror game, but I wouldn't consider it to be a horror franchise right now. Yeah. You know, I did think for a minute that they were working on Bioshock because before it got out that this was a a horror title. Um, the rumor was that they were working on a well-known triple uh, A, yeah, like RPG adventure game from a, from a known franchise. So if you put that together with horror, I don't know, maybe it is Bioshock. Okay, so I could be wrong about this. So please, somebody fact check me. I'm pretty sure it actually came to light that Fire Sprite was for a while working on something for. Uh, what's that Chris Roberts game? Star Citizen. So they were working on some kind of entire game that would take place within the Star Citizen universe, like right. So they they were working with Chris Roberts on that, um, and I think that that's what the big IP was with Star Star Citizen. But I, uh, from okay. what I know, and I could be wrong about this, so somebody please fact check me. I think that could, I think the development of that got pulled back internally, uh, and so I think I think that might be over, and then I think development on. Uh, the fire sprite game turned into this um sci-fi game cat henry by the way what's that go ahead you go ahead you go first sci-fi game cat henry said uh siren not on brian's end which i thought was really funny sorry what what uh what was that i was gonna say uh d true 49 says outlast and boy would i love it if it were outlast that would be incredible like yeah i mean outlast one was amazing back when i thought that every game was going to come to psvr1 right that one that to me was like surefire absolutely going to happen and uh i was wrong i was wrong um so great uh samson 143 vr do you want to talk to samson wes i want to talk to samson Brian. <laughs> nice with the five dollar tip says happy west day random question y'all think playstation portal I like that he said y'all. Uh, will outsell PSVR 2 or no way? Uh, you guys been keeping up to date with PlayStation Portal? It's this thing that plays PlayStation games from your PlayStation 5, but you have to have, you either have to be on your wireless network or someplace with really good Wi-Fi. Seems like a strange concept, but... Uh, it, it is. Uh, I kind of get what they're doing. It's, a, it's going to be affordable, and that's kind of the big thing about it. And... You know, to to do a a handheld, 
that's all self-contained standalone not not only would you be more than doubling the price of the product and really limited limiting your uh, ability to kind of sell big numbers uh, but you'd also be splitting the attention of your studios they would have to be developing games not only for ps5 now but for you know vita 2 or whatever they would end up calling it right uh, so by going this route not only can they give people a high quality screen with a dual a dual sense controller in their hand uh, essentially uh, but they can you know keep the, the the cost down and allow their studios to remain singularly focused on developing games for ps5 so I, I think it's going to do all right um i see that the way that the media is kind of uh positioning it in in the 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 news cycle and i don't think that i think they've got an uphill battle sony does selling this to people because the, the media has been largely negative without you know actually trying it um but i do think that there's going to be a a fair amount of uh, PlayStation gamers out there that are going to buy in on this. Again, two hundred dollars is not an expensive product in today's uh, today's market, so I think they'll do pretty well with it. Yeah, I think they priced it to sell for sure. Um, I don't, you know, I agree with you that there's something that I, a, a lot of gamers wanted that this didn't deliver on. Uh, but Sony's tried twice to get into the handheld market. And I, I, I think they struggled significantly both times uh, and, and found out that, hey, you know what? The people get their handheld gaming elsewhere. Uh, and, and now, you know, if you do want a dedicated device, uh, you know, you can, you can go get a, a Steam Deck. It's like that, that is 100 yeah. percent, you know, like because I, I was thinking when, when they first talked about this, uh, oh, maybe you can maybe it's a PlayStation 5 in your hands. It's it, it it kind of is, <laughs> but it's but it's they certainly not self-contained. Um, and and it, and if that was the case, it would have been six hundred dollars minimum, right? So right, yeah, I don't know. It's fine. It's for a very it's for a very niche audience. Uh, and uh, but you're right. I, I think I think they're capitalizing on the people who are entrenched in the PlayStation ecosystem. Uh, people who just want to play their PS5 in every way possible when they want to go lay down in their bedroom where their PlayStation 5 isn't to play PlayStation games uh, before bed, then this is the perfect device to do it. Uh, if you go on vacation, you have good Wi-Fi in your hotel room, you can do it from there. Uh, so it's cool. It's not going to be for everybody. Now, these are sirens on my end, by the way. <laughs> um, I think I think it's going to sell well. Um, and it doesn't have to sell too many to outsell PSVR 2. From what we've heard, we're probably around the 1 million mark for PSVR 2. Is that relatively accurate? Uh, I think that, at, that you know that's a optimistic number, but I think we're in that ballpark, yeah. Okay. So, you know, I don't think it has to sell crazy well in order to uh, to outsell it. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't think this is. I don't think the R and D on this was cost Sony a fortune, and this is the sort of thing they no. can just kind of shove out there to be like, "Hey, we have this too." If you're interested, whatever. They they got that Wi-Fi six C built into the the PlayStation. They have to use it for something, right? Like the 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 strong rumor was is that was there put there for wireless VR. But if they can use it for a wireless handheld, I mean, why not do that? You know? Yeah. Um, I mean. Uh, and again, if they're going to go, if they were going to put all this uh, resources into putting out 
uh, a dedicated standalone handheld, they would be going head to head not only with Steam Deck, but Switch Two is going to be out next year, and that's going to dominate everything in traditional gaming for a couple of years, probably. So it, it would be bad timing. Uh, like if they were going to do something like that, they should have probably went last year. You know, um, yeah. not this year or next year. That would be stupid. Yeah, I think I think Sony actually learned something from Nintendo. Um, they said, "Let's let's fight the battles that we can win," right? Like let's. Mm-hmm. You know, st- Nintendo said, "Hey, uh, the Wii U didn't sell anything uh, in the in the battle. We know that we can win is in the handheld market. So let's combine our console and handheld markets into one." Uh, and so they fought that battle and they won that market. Uh, you know, single handedly, very easily. Um, and Sony is dominating the console space right now. So why not why not fight a battle you can win? I think it's uh, I think I think it's a decent choice overall. Yeah. Uh, and plus, in your line, dude. Like uh, the problem, the problem is I've already got a steam deck that doesn't get used. Right. I've got a win three GPD for all my emulation that does get used. Right. But I've got just too many devices around here. I don't need another one. That's just going to collect dust. Right. My PlayStation two is already collecting dust. Wes. (laughs) Did I say PlayStation (laughs) two? I meant PSVR two. Man, I fucked that joke up. Yeah. I feel like Sony ripped me off. (laughs) (laughs) For real. For real, we don't have any games over here, man. We're just happy to get anything. That's nothing to play. Piatrek F with the 12 Plantain says new WRC racing game supports VR only on PC. It's going to take some time for some of these studios to come around. I don't. Yeah, and and this is a, a particular niche that lives on PC. Like sim racing is a whole thing in and of itself on uh, on PC, and there are people who spend many multiple thousands of dollars to have a sim racing rig that could only run on their PC. So I kind of get it. Um, that's probably their best market and their best prospects for, um, for, for selling some copies of the game. Uh, you know, they already have kind of a template they can go buy with dirt, you know, rally one and two and, They've also do the F1 games, so I'm sure it's not going to be a lot of work for them to bring these games into VR on PC. Um, I'm not so sure if the juice is worth the squeeze for them right now to bring it over to PSVR 2 just so that they can go to head with Gran Turismo and get destroyed. So, um, yeah, I'm not surprised. I do think that we'll start to get future iterations of these titles from Codemasters in a year or two when the PSVR 2 market's grown a little bit, but this is not surprising to me at all right now. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go a little conspiracy theory on you guys. Shocker. Uh, but I do think that uh, big titles from big studios right now will not be announced, will not be announcing that they're bringing their games to PSVR 2. Uh, with all the rumors about a state of play coming up, a Sony showcase, like that's the stage you want to be on if you're announcing your game is coming to PSVR 2 or PlayStation 5 or whatever, right? Like, and so, and so Sony makes these agreements with these studios, hey, make the game for this and we'll make sure we advertise it and blah, 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 and we'll throw some money your way and hands waving all over the place for all the audio listeners out there. Um, and so so I would, I would be very suspect of anybody saying, hey, our game's not coming to uh, PSVR 2 until we get our Sony showcase, until we get our state of play, uh, because that's that's where these things like to be announced. That's where these studios want their games to be announced. 
doesn't mean it's coming. I'm just saying that I'm holding off on my disbelief uh, until I'm holding off on my belief. I'm remaining disbeliefful until then. That was the proper way to say that. Always be disbeliefful. Yep. That is a great t-shirt slash bumper sticker. Changing the title Do of the it. live stream right now. <laughs> uh, all right, man. We got a couple news stories to work through here. Uh, and don't worry, we will get back to uh, tips if you've left them. Um, a little strange bit of interesting news came out of PAX West. I guess people who were uh, checking out Five Nights at Freddy's Help Wanted VR 2, which is a mouthful. Uh, we're told by uh, the booth workers, uh, people who were working for Steelville Studios, that the game has an ETA on PSVR 2 of December. Uh, have you heard this by any chance, Wes? Yeah, actually, I've, I've been hearing this a little bit lately, and it wasn't specifically this piece of news. Um, but I didn't think we had a date for this game. And then over the, like the last four to six weeks or so, I've seen it kind of floating around out there that this game was coming in October. And I don't know where that originated or where it came from, but I thought it was interesting because I kind of looked around a little bit and I saw no evidence of that. And really, I, just I think, twenty. I think I screwed that up. That might have been me, Wes, because I was like, so? I was, I put out a tweet being like, "I'm so excited for the next couple months. I can't believe how many games are coming." And I think I accidentally included Five Nights at Freddy's because I was like, "Oh, this would make a perfect October release." And then I didn't realize I was like, "Oh yeah, that's not confirmed." All right. Okay. So that explains it. That, that's good. Uh, I no, I, I just knew it was coming this year. Um, so yeah, I'm not surprised that it's coming in December. That that tracks. I would I would like for it to come a little sooner. Uh, I don't like December releases for VR games. Uh, I think it's a a bad time to launch. Um, I think November would have been better, but uh, you know who knows. You What's know, wrong with December? Maybe. Well, people's money are, is already gone by the time December gets here. People do their, oh, yeah. most of their holiday shopping on uh, Thanksgiving, um, the third week of November. So by the time, like, especially if it's a couple of weeks into de December, people are broke, man. They've already spent all their money on Christmas. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the holiday shopping battles have already been fought and won or lost. Uh, so I think that you're actually better off uh, launching a game in, like, late january than you are in mid-december it's it's worth waiting another month to uh let people play through their gifts and then look for the next thing and then you know launch then do you but, think uh, it's even, just an even bigger mistake that they don't have this ready for october when like people are in the spooky mood spooky season like is this just like a lot kind of opportunity here yeah i i mean kind of i see that that point of view obviously uh it's the best time of year to launch a horror game uh, with that said, um, we're talking about a saturated market this year, man. Like, <laughs> we have got horror games on the way, brother. Um, now, I believe that, I, I don't know if I, this is a rumor or I heard, I think that this might be a hybrid so that it's not just a, a VR game this time. Mm. Um, so, if that's the case, then they'll probably dominate the market anyway. Like, if they were to butt in and say, we're coming in October. You know, it would be, you know, games like Happy Funland and Madison that would kind of lose out a little bit because this is such a huge franchise and with a loyal fan base, people are going to buy it whenever it comes out. Um, you took the words right out of my but, mouth, Wes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So must have been while um, you were kissing me. <laughs> <laughs> 
no comment. So yeah, I don't think it matters. I think people are going to buy it um, whenever it launches, but I do think that they hurt the, they limit the purchasing power of the consumer by coming out in December. So yeah, yeah. agreed. Uh, for, by all reports, though, luckily uh, in PAX West, uh, the the reports coming out of PAX West is that this game is really good, uh, in mm. in, in, a, in a big step up from the last help wanted VR game. Uh, it's also worth noting that Butt or something in the chat, what up, dude? Said they had a DLC last game. Uh, they had DLC for the last game in October, I believe, and so uh, and it was a significant update. Uh, that that was uh, Curse of the Dreadbear, I believe, the DLC pack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was expensive. Mm -hmm. and it, it was almost like buying another whole game. But it was the best part of Help Wanted VR. And so they really do have this opportunity to say, hey, we're going to sell you the game over the course of you know the end of 2023 and all of 2024. And then we're going to hit you at the beginning of October with this massive DLC drop You know that, again, is going to cost you another know, $20, $30. And I, and I think that would kind of be the perfect way to make people double dip on this thing and uh and to capitalize on the holiday well, they season will too they will too i bought multiple copies of the uh original um help wanted game because my my kids are like big fans of five nights at freddy's and I, I bought the original copy on playstation or pc i don't remember exactly which one but by the time dreadbear came out they were gaming almost exclusively on quest so i had to buy the game again on quest just so i could buy them the dlc that they wanted to play on quest because you know they couldn't be bothered to put on the old headsets anymore they wanted the the one that they use on a daily basis i made them earn it don't don't think i just went and gave them and bought it for them they, they asked me for months before i actually did it and they had to earn it like did, did it make it was did that it, sigh i made did, did that sound judgmental do you think no, I'm judging? I, I can, but I, <laughs> no, I, but I could feel the judgment coming from from the the, uh, the audience because, yeah, I, I don't just buy things for my for my children that they they don't get crap ever, uh, honestly, except from they could use my stuff, which is substantial, um, but uh, yeah, no, they they earn they're homeschooled they they have to earn their stuff when when they get it so nice. Um, um here let's tackle another tip living legend with the canadian 20 dollars tip says happy west day happy west day to you too living legend i love my vita and modded psp and i played them from time to time before bed both were so ahead of their time do you guys remember the sorcery that ready at dawn pulled out of the psp with the daxter and god of war games dude if every game looked as good as the psp god of war games and daxter like those were some amazing looking PSP games. Like that was so close. I mean, it was like PlayStation 1.75. It was as close to PS2 as you could get without being PS2. They looked beautiful. Were you a, were you a handheld gamer during, during those times, Wes? I know that you had some interesting interactions with consoles over the last few cycles. Uh, no, not really. I, I never held. Uh, I never owned a, a Sony handheld, actually, ever. Um, I was interested in Vita, you know. In retrospect, I kind of became aware of the games catalog um, when it Force. was on the decline. 
Yeah. Well, when it was on the, the decline and was about to be canceled yeah. is kind of when I discovered Vita. I wasn't a heavy gamer at that time. I had fallen away uh, from gaming um, during that generation and was mainly gaming as a, a retro gamer. I wasn't really playing modern games. I was getting bored with the, you know, the cycle of upgrading the graphics and playing the same games. Um, you know, it was VR that kind of got me back in the gaming. So at that point, when Vita was in its heyday, I really wasn't paying much attention, honestly. Yeah, I really, I, I've always loved handheld gaming. I don't, I don't know what it is. Something about, I mean, especially since I've always like until the last fifteen years, I moved around a lot. Um, I never wanted to like you know really be grounded in in, in one place or another. And uh, so I like the idea of being like wherever I am. I don't need a TV. I have everything I need right here uh, in my portable system. So I was a big fan of PSP uh, when I was in Tennessee. Uh, and then even when I moved back, I, I, I got the Vita. I got just obsessed with those, uh, with those handhelds and, you know, played way more games, uh, on, on both of those than I probably should have, because there's some terrible games on both, obviously, but there's also amazing games on both. Um, I'm going to add one to the list. People are saying people in the chat are definitely listing a few good, um, few good PSP games like Danishing Access, Metal Gear Acid on PSP was my gem. I played the first one to death. The second one uh, with the 3D goggle thing, <laughs> I, I was like, this seems like just too much. <laughs> so I skipped that. Um, but do you, do you remember the series Obscure and then the second one Obscure the Aftermath? These were on both on PlayStation 2. No, I have no Obs idea. Obscure no. the Aftermath came to PSP as well. And I think to this day, still one of the greatest looking PSP games there is. And it's just one of those titles that gets completely overlooked. Um, huge, huge fan. Uh, so I thought about, I think about picking them up from time to time. Whenever I go to the uh, the local pawn shop down here, there's always a, a PSP and a Vita in the case for a reasonable price. And I know you can mod these things up and load them down with games. So I've thought about picking one up a few times. But honestly... And people are probably going to, you know, roll their eyes when I say this. If I'm going to get back into handheld gaming, I'm going to get back into my favorite handheld of all time. GBA, GBA, the Nintendo GBA, 3DS. GBA. Oh, okay. Oh, I love 3DS, man. That that I kind of did get into because my kids all had them. The XL with the big screen, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's legitimate 3D gaming. Like, it's legitimate pop-off-the-screen glasses-less <laughs> 3d which i find to be amazing magic even to this day um so yeah well, if i'm going to get back in the handheld i'll probably be getting back into those because i have them laying around here three or four of them nice yeah i've got a um it's funny because i do have like a 3ds xl with the massive screen but like the mat the screen's like yeah, yeah. weight weighs everything down so i ended up picking up a 2ds xl um, which plays 3D games just with no 3D option. And the whole thing's super lightweight and that screen Ooh. is gigantic. Dude, I end up turning the 3D off after like five minutes anyway because I'm like, okay, I've seen the 3D effect. Now I just want to play the game. <laughs> I'm thinking, um, you know, this is how ahead of the, the curve Nintendo was with that. We're only now starting to see this technology hit the consumer mainstream. Like now there are laptops, there are computer monitors that have this technology in it with glasses less 3D. I, I've, I've got to play around on some of them at um, at CES and at AWE, and it's freaking awesome, man. You, you don't even have to have games developed for them. You can artificially 
inject the 3D into them, kind of in a similar way that like Vorpex and other like VR programs uh, inject 3D into these flat games. And it's something like 75% of the Steam catalog or something that you can actually play in full 3D on a fairly sizable monitor these days. Um, but it's crazy, you know, that the industry is just now catching up to this technology like a decade later after Nintendo did it in their handheld. And, and even more decades after they did it in the Virtual Boy. Right, well, true that, true right. that. I'm, uh, starting, I... I'm starting to, to, to hear the, uh, the talk start to drum up again around Nintendo VR. Um, I haven't looked into the validity of the rumors or if it's just clickbait, but um, I hope it's I hope it's true. Uh, Mark Pringlesleaf in the chat uh, says the Atari Lynx was his first handheld. I I may have. Oh, there we go! There. Boom! Yeah, I I love the Atari Lynx, but I love all handheld gaming. I like the Wonder Swan. I like the Neo Geo Pocket Color. I like all the shit that no one's even fucking heard of. Um, not that I own most of these, but I dabbled with them over the course of my life and I love them. Um, man, we got, you guys are amazing with the tips today. You've got great conversation starters, uh, which means that half the shit we've talked about on the show today hasn't been even VR related, which is a nice change of pace every so often. And somebody did yeah. say, uh, was it, was it Dan? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it was Dan Kiefer said, West made me think, Ooh, 3ds. And then Brian was like, meh, I was just hoping he was going to say game boy advance, but the 3ds is cool. I actually really enjoyed mine. Yeah. I love it. I had a adventure time game on it. That was like the shit back then. Cause I was heavy into adventure time. So the fact that I had a, a adventure time game that I could play in 3d, I was in heaven, man. Uh, me sing. Wes, you see Waltz of the Wizard is going to be coming to PlayStation VR 2. That was announced earlier today. I did. This game continues to amaze me, Brian, with its long life. Like, it's not a game that you hear come up a lot in the conversations of VR enthusiasts, but people must be continuing to buy this game and play this game because they continue to support it, they continue to make it better, mm -hmm. and they continue to expand, expand in the new platform. So, um, it certainly is a lot more of a game now than it was when it first kind of came out as a tech demo way back when. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about all the things that they've added to it, but I did find it interesting that uh, for anybody who's not totally sure of the, um, of the history on this one, it, it was weird because, because we, they're advertising this as like, oh, you finally get the full version of Waltz of the Wizard for the first time on PlayStation VR. And it's like, well, yeah, because you stopped supporting the PSVR one version. Do you remember? Do you remember this discussion, Wes, by any chance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, well, I mean, it was a a common thing to say at the time. Is you know, we're going to wait and see. Uh, we're still waiting on um, the uh, shell games to wait and see what's happening with uh, PSVR 2. But uh, I digress. <laughs> um, yeah, I do I do remember that. Um, because the, the update that came to Waltz of the Wizard at the end of the PSVR lifecycle was a substantial update. So uh, people were kind of wondering. You know, people were hungry for content at that time. PSVR gamers wanted stuff to play. And when we see titles that support PSVR 1, not getting updated obviously there's lots of questions around that so yes i do remember that right 
yeah, the uh, I want to say it was the CEO of Alden Dynamics was like, we're we're not going to keep updating Walls of the Wizard on PSVR one until Sony tells us what's up with PSVR two. Is it going to happen? Is there going to is it going to be a PSP VR? He actually used the term PSP VR because he didn't know if Sony was going standalone. Um, right. He said, you know, he's like, until we know that you know we're not developing for a dead platform, we don't want to keep working on our game, keep updating it on your, uh, you know, in your ecosystem. But like, what about the people who bought your game? Like the people who actually have it right now on PSVR one, why aren't you taking care of them? So I thought it was a weird way for them to be like, well, if you're not going to tell us about PSVR two, then we're not going to keep updating our game for your PSVR one. It's like the two things aren't even fucking related. So I always, I always thought it was a real strange thing to say. Um, yeah. And, and then here we are, we've got PSVR two and uh, it's the only, and it's the only way you can play the full version. So it didn't matter. If PSVR 2 was coming, you still were fucked if you have the PlayStation VR 1 version. Um, well, that depends. That yeah. depends. Is there an upgrade path? Uh, I, I, I don't actually even know the answer to that question. Do you? I, I don't know the answer. Uh, so maybe this article uh, by our friends over... I say our friends. They like literally never talk to them. Uh, by our friends over at Road to VR. <laughs> maybe, maybe this article will help. Uh, we're going to deny all cookies. Uh, Spellcaster Waltz of the Wizard coming to PSVR 2 in October, including <gasps> asymmetrical co-op, which is a weird thing to get excited about. This article is by Scott Hayden from yesterday. It says, uh, Waltz of the Wizard uh, 2019, the single-player spellcasting experience for Steam VR Quest and the original PSVR is bringing its magical exploration and dungeon crawling to PSVR Space 2 next month. Come on, Scott, get your shit together. Waltz of the Wizard started out life as a casual exploration game also known as experience to all of us, uh, that put you at the top of a very Hogwarts-inspired castle spire. There you combine arcade ingredients into a boiling cauldron to help, uh, with the help of an ancient talking skull, unleash spells on a fully interactive and mysterious world using technologies like, like voice interaction and gesture, gestures. Introduced later in the Natural Magic expansion, this is what we never got, Waltz of the Wizard essentially tacked on a pretty substantial dungeon-crawling game that tasks you with mastering arcane spells so you can also take on a dungeon of baddies. New to the list of features is the addition of PSVR Space 2's, come on, Scott, eye tracking as an input method. We haven't seen exactly what the studio has up its sleeve there, but it seems like it will at very least allow you to visually select baddies before blasting them to bits with your magic spells. Uh, there also seems to be asymmetric co-op on PS5, letting you team up with a non-VR player as you take on dungeons. The studio says its PSVR 2 version includes <gasps> cutting edge voice, eyes, and gesture interaction abilities, large campaign with storyline, combat, and challenges, hundreds of voice interactions in English, infinite level generation mode for endless fun, eye tracking interactions with characters and magic, dozens of unique haptic effects, rumble, trigger, head, team up with friends in asymmetrical co-op. Alden Dynamics says Waltz of the Wizards coming to PSVR 2 October, 20, October 3rd, 2023. You can wishlist it on the PlayStation Store here. Um, so that doesn't really help us very much, does it? Uh, it sounds like a different game. I can say that. That sounds like a different game even than the PC version of this game, um, which is cool. Like asymmetric co-op, um, you know, couch co-op, something that uh, I'm not sure. Maybe that is on the Steam version. I'm just not aware of it. Uh, but eye interactions, like that sounds to me like eye tracking stuff that they put in here. And, uh, and of course, we all know the haptics are probably the best thing about PSVR 2. So uh, that's very interesting. There's a lot of info in there. 
Yeah, it, for a game that very much started off as an experience, and I mean, you know, again, don't get me wrong, like there were great experiences, and this was one of them, I thought, because uh, there were there were just so many spells you could cast. It just felt like the sandbox, and like I don't care about sandboxes usually, but it felt like a sandbox of like, there's a ton of shit in this room, and there's a ton of spells that you can learn and use, and, uh, and, and it was just cool to like cast these spells on pretty much anything in the room and see what the response was. Uh, it was it was just this cool creative place to hang out in, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm looking up on the PlayStation Store right now because I do own obviously Waltz of the Wizard, and uh, oh, it's funny Waltz of the Wizard on PSVR one doesn't seem to exist anymore on the store at least with my search, and so I'm pretty sure we're going to have to pay for this all over again. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't expensive. Well, I, well, I just want to say, well, I don't condone that. Typically, what was this thing like? Ten bucks, fifteen bucks, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not too concerned about it, honestly. Um, what about you guys in the chat? Anybody care about this? Or is this uh, is this any is this anything to you guys? <laughs> well, I, I can say that with the release window being what it is. October it's 3rd. going to be vying for the time of some very busy PSVR 2 gamers. Yes. Like, lots of stuff to play at that particular point in time. Yeah, we've got like 15 games coming out in September. So, like, you know, people are still going to be catching up on those. Uh, and then there's like bigger titles coming later in October. And so, yeah, it, it's it's sandwiched in between a, a pretty rough space. So, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's going to, I don't know. Whatever. It's it's a charming game. Hopefully it works out for them. I think Alden Dynamics is small, so even if they only sell, you know, a few thousand copies, they'll probably be doing just fine. Yeah. I have no idea if that's the case or not. I just made it up. Uh one tip before we move on. Uh Waleed is now a game cat, specifically a white tiger, with the Canadian five dollar tip says, I feel this holiday is extremely important for PSVR 2's future. Uh which AAA games, in your opinion, can blow Quest 3 away, and how many units should PlayStation VR 2 sell? Should or need to? Um, I mean, well, I guess it really depends on their internal estimation and, and projections. I mean, like, what we kind of consider a success doesn't really matter. Like, like, you know, we could come out and say, well, we want uh, PSVR to sell 3 million by the end of the year, right? And that's just an arbitrary number based on what we think is possible and what they could do with the right support from their software studios. Um, but if they're only expecting to sell a million, million and a half in the first year, then, you know, uh, I mean, I'm sure that they have uh, carefully considered, you know, the resources that they put into it. And uh, what I'm saying is there's a lot that goes in to kind of what is considered a success for them. Uh, but of course, I think any of the major Sony IPs, um, if, if they brought those games into VR, just one or two of them, then they could win the holiday shopping season versus Quest 3. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of people are going to buy Quest 3 just because it's Quest 3, and it doesn't matter if it had one game or 20 on it. People are going to buy it because it's Quest 3. But um, in terms of gamers, the gamers that you're kind of buying to uh, to win the attention of, I, I think one or two titles, and it really doesn't matter 
Brian, which ones I could do God of War, The Last of Us, or or any of that stuff, and people are just going to love it and eat it up. I know this isn't what Wally is asking, but I think it's a fair statement to make, and that's we already have those titles, right? We launched with Gran Turismo Seven, we launched with Resident Evil yeah. Village. That blows away anything you're going to see on Quest Three, uh, as far as like you know realism is concerned, or as far as you know visuals are concerned. Uh, and they're also massive games, right? That like like the the those which can't really be stored on a on a Quest Three headset's hard drive, right? It's just this, the storage space just isn't there. Um, so I feel like we already have those for people getting into PSVR two for the first time. We already have the the blow you away must buy. This is better than Quest Two or Be- Quest Three games. If Resident Evil Four manages to make it out uh, in time for the holidays, which again I don't think it's going to. But it's just like this one-two punch that would be amazing to be like, hey, this game that got ten, tens across the board is here in VR, uh, you know, and, and it's a free update for if you already own it on a PlayStation Five. I mean, it's just it's just an amazing deal. So, I think we already have the games we need, honestly, to to compete with Quest. Yeah. And I, and I honestly, and I, I feel like we need to reiterate this every time the topic comes up. I don't view. MetaQuest and PSVR 2 as direct competitors. They're they're passive competitors because they're both VR gaming platforms. But I think when Sony announces a huge title for PSVR 2, they're not doing it to try to win over Quest gamers. They're doing it to try to win over PlayStation 5 gamers. They're trying to bring new people into VR, I think, more than trying to kind of convert uh, quest gamers over because it's kind of hard to compete with the all-in-one you know standalone deal like that that's as affordable and subsidized the way that it is um so really who, who sony's trying to win over their crowd and their crowd is what it always has been and that is gamers people who are in vr people who are into consoles to play games and who want rich uh rewarding experiences um when they're spending, you know, their their free time. So I feel like there there is a bit of, you know, overlap and cross-section, obviously, in the, the two platforms. But I don't think that Sony views Meta as much of a competitor as Meta might view them, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, PlayStation's already got the fan base. They've already got the people who are bought into the ecosystem. Now it's like, hey, now just pick up this headset. And uh, guess what? You probably already own some... PSVR two games, uh, I agree. The converting those people, I think, is the, is the tough part. Um, right. But I, I will tell you, I'm I'm thrilled that Quest three exists. Uh, by all accounts, it's much better than the Quest two. I don't know if you've yep. heard this from anybody, but uh, I think most people saw yep. you know what the processing power was going to be, and it was only this you know marginal upgrade over the Quest two. But by all accounts, it's it's going to be a lot better, which is only good for us right because that means the lowest uh the 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 lowest version it's a terrible way to say it is the 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 least graphically intense version is much closer to psvr2 now than it would be when quest 2 was you know the lead platform so i I think uh i I think it being not as good as psvr2 but definitely like you know much closer to it uh, is going to be nothing but good things Nothing but good things for us. Yeah, yeah, we're we're still in the early days where uh, 
you know, rising tides raise all ships. It's still all VR, and VR is kind of fighting for its place amongst the the larger, uh, in, you know, social gaming entertainment um, platforms. So I, I think a win for Quest, a win for Valve, a win for PSVR 2, everyone gets to celebrate that because that means developers can, you know, make more profit in our space, which will only lead to more investment in our space. So I agree with you wholeheartedly there. Duggar's K, that's, that's the term I was looking for. Lowest common denominator. That would have been a great way to put it. Thank you. Um, by the way, Baggio10 uh, says, Astrobot 2 at Christmas with the correct marketing would shift headsets. Uh, I think a lot of people, I mean, it's crazy how many comments I get every week from people just waiting for an Astrobot announcement. Um, you know, there were people who loved Astrobot on PSVR 1, and then there were tons of people who fell in love with Astrobot when they got their PlayStation 5 and, uh, and tried out their uh, DualSense for the first time. So... I, I think they'd be like, oh, the next the next Astrobot is in VR. Oh, you know, and the, maybe they'll bring port the first one over as well. Like, I do think that that we don't. I don't think we look at Astrobot like a system seller, but I do think that that's that would move quite a few headsets, especially if they want to continue having Astro be the mascot for PlayStation Five or Sony's mascot. I think the next one's going to be a hybrid. I think it'll be something that they sell to flat gamers and VR gamers. I don't think it's going to be exclusive to VR. Uh, how many headsets that moves will depend on, you know, how much VR changes the game. Mm -hmm. And I think it will probably change the game pretty significantly because, I mean, they've pretty much shown, that studio has pretty much shown a, a talent for showcasing new technology. Um, their games, you know, the, the term tech demo has gotten a very negative connotation in the VR space, but their, their games are a very great demonstration of the cutting edge technology of the time that it comes out. So I feel like um, we're going to see something amazing when the next Astrobot comes out that not only showcases the DualSense controller, but showcases PSVR 2 and all of its strengths as well. How crazy would it be if How crazy I how crazy would it be if Astrobot Rescue Mission 2, you know, played great on the flat screen and and worked well as a flat screen game. And then when you put the VR headset on, there's like all of this extra shit that you didn't even know was around you or like, you know, give people a reason to say, Hey, you bought this game and here it is. And it's great. And whatever you loved it, you know, nine out of 10 on the flat screen, whatever. And then you put the VR headset on and you're like, Oh, I didn't realize when I look over here, there's that thing right there. Or, uh, or, or now that you have hands in the game or something, you know, that you can help Astro while you play or something like just some, just some reason for people to go, I already love this game, but now I want to play it in VR uh, because there's this, extra features they that, that, that this allows and that'd be great honestly they were planning something similar for the original astrobot and then they just kind of cut it out at the end there was a two-player mode that yeah. allowed couch co-op in the original astrobot and they did away with it for whatever reason i guess probably technical you know limitations from the hardware but uh yeah i could definitely see them going down a similar road here and they've had five more years to kind of contemplate creative ways to use the technology and use that kind of um that kind of concept in the game so yeah the the yeah. original uh 
if anybody gets a physical version, I think the original print run of Astrobot Rescue Mission actually says two players on the box because that's how late in development they cut that mode. Uh, so I wonder if that's collectible. Like, did they fix that? I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah. Job Simulator is. That's very collectible. Yeah, that's true. Physical Job Simulator is like a couple hundred bucks to uh, buy one of those now. Craziness. Yep. Uh, Wally is now GameCast specifically White Tiger with a Canadian $2 tip. Says, great analysis. Uh, RE4 plus Astrobot 2 would be amazing. Which brings us to... Amazing for me. The only uh, reason we're, we're, we're still going to talk about this and we didn't chop it out of the run of show is because it's in the thumbnail. Uh, VR Skater got an update today. <laughs> this, is the, uh, this is the ranked mode. Uh, so now, if you if you didn't know, you can now uh, play the ranked mode to get on a brand new leaderboard. This does not mean all of your old scores transfer over to the leaderboard. You do have to go play in ranked mode on these courses in order to get your high score. Uh, does this do anything for you whatsoever, Wes? Uh, I mean, not really. I mean, I think it's cool, um, but I already thought the game was cool, and I I can see VR Skater. It's kind of falling into the same space as Gran Turismo 7 is for me now, where it's a game that I'm thoroughly impressed with. I thought was a lot of fun. It's also a game that requires a lot of time and a lot of practice. And I think because of that, I probably avoided a little bit more than I should. Like, yeah. I should be playing these games every day, but I don't have time to play anything every day. So I typically don't ever get into these games anymore when uh, I have very high opinions of both of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel you. As soon as the review was done for this, I didn't go back to it. Uh, and I, I was sort of waiting for the uh, the new maps that they're promising. They said, I think they said three new maps uh, are coming. And they didn't say when they're coming. They just said, if you buy the game before, what, October, you'll get them for free. Yeah. And so more sirens on my end. So, you know, it's something I'm excited for, but I don't know when they're coming. And then so I, I jumped in today to play the ranked mode. And A, I am second to last on the neighborhood level. Second <laughs> to last, which means there are only like 26 people on the leaderboard right now, but that means I'm 25. Not thrilled about it. Uh, and it's, it's, like, it's like when I was a kid and thought I was real good at Tetris until Tetris went online. And I was like, oh shit, I'm really bad at Tetris by comparison. <laughs> I thought I was pretty damn good at VR Skater until I started playing the ranked mode. Uh, so if, if you... If you feel good about your skills, well, maybe you don't want to play the ranked mode because you will no longer feel good about your skills. Unless you're, you know, unless you're getting 250,000 points per level, which is insane. I'm getting like 30,000 points at best. Yeah, I, I have no delusion. I know I suck at VR Skater. Um, I was pretty good at Tetris, though, on Game Boy. Have you played Tetris 99 by any chance? I've never played Tetris 99, no. And playing Tetris against 98 other people is just fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's just crazy. You're playing like you're in a lobby with 100 people. It, it, it's just it's crazy playing against that many people simultaneously. You could have three people sending blocks your way. You could have five people sending blocks your way. You could have nobody. You could have like one person sending blocks your way, right? And, and it's just it's just chaos. And I fucking love it. And it, it ruined Tetris for me in every other form, including Tetris Effect, because now I need to be playing against 99 other people at all times. 
See, that's kind of the thing, the experience I get from Tetris Effect is when I hear that bing and they start falling fast, mm-hmm. like it's intense. And it's weird to talk about a Tetris game being intense, but I find Tetris Effect to be intense at times, and I like it for that reason. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was our coverage of VR Skater Rights. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I, I personally think, I think we killed it. What do you think? I think, yeah, yeah. we killed it. It's dead for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man both of us were like i don't think we have much to say about this and we're like yep as it turns out we have a lot to say about tetris right um okay let's see here real quick uh mark pringlesleaf with the level one membership says do you think we can forget half-life alex on psvr 2 this question refuses to die um i don't think we can forget it i, I don't i think even if we don't get alex for another two years which I don't think it'll be that long. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think. Right, it's still a great game, and maybe they can update it and, and kind of like make it, you know, up to the standards of twenty twenty five when they bring it over, you know. But uh, I, I don't think there's any rush. You know what I'm saying? Or there's, there's no specific right. day where you say, "Well, if it's not here by January, then we're just never getting it." It's like, well, why not? Why couldn't it be January twenty twenty six? Um. No, I don't think we can forget it. I, I think it's it's possible maybe even likely that it comes over at some point for what it's worth it's still in a class of its own in terms of production value like graphically like in terms of immersion like it's probably the most immersive world you can go into in vr um the 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 departments that i kind of give a game like vertigo 2 the nod over it is in the diversity of gameplay like Half-Life Alex is very repetitive uh, in what it does, kind of limited in what it does. It's fun. It's great fun. Um, but um, I prefer like gameplay of some other games a little bit better. But it, it is absolutely among the class, top-tier VR games, even by today's standards. So I would love to see what that would look like on PSVR 2 with, eye tracking and with all of the adaptive triggers and all the stuff that we know valve would make full use of if they were to do this. Um, and I think it's possible because I absolutely believe that valve has a new VR platform that's coming soon. And I think that they could kind of remake it for that. And I think that that could have a lot of the same features that PSVR has. So it would only make sense to kind of, you know, if it's coming, it would maybe coincide with something like that. Um, but I don't think it's something we can forget. There, There is no, well, there's not much reason to think that it's coming. There is, there are some rumors, but, um, you know, there, there's no like reason to think, okay, this is coming for sure. But I, st- I still look at it as a 50-50 proposition. We might get it and we might not. I wouldn't give up hope if this is something that you're really counting on. Yeah, I agree. Uh, although... And, and 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 please don't hate me for saying this. It's becoming less necessary by the day. Like I I want it as much as anybody else does, but you know the the people out there who's who claim PSVR two is going to fail if if we don't get Half Life Alex. I I don't I don't think that's true. It's uh we're we're, we're getting plenty of uh, big games and we're getting plenty of uh, very immersive games 
this would just be the cherry on top, I think. Agreed. Uh, here, you know what? I'm going to save this new tip from Grandpa here until we finish our next segment. However, it is time to read one of the earliest tips of the day. That's from Kill Artist One, the Dreamweaver Game Cat, with the $5 tip. Says, Man, I was just watching Petrifying Pumpkin stream. This is how I envision Kill Artist One to talk. It's not true. He, I literally talk to him once a week. It's not how he talks at all. But play along. And they were joined by Brian and the Game Cats. Pretty cool to watch. Um, so here's the funny thing. <laughs> uh, I was. Uh, it, it, we we got the we got the update uh, for Firewall today, update one point oh six, and so uh, and so we were like, oh, let's let's fucking test this shit out, right? Um, obviously, we got to find out if it works or not. Uh, and so I I got a little group together and we got in and didn't even realize who we were playing against at first, but it was it was pumpkins and uh, and and uh, God Void Citizen uh, and a couple of their friends, Solid Justice and Muzz Twenty Seven. Um, and, uh, and we, of course, had no idea, even on top of that, that Pumpkins was streaming it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, little did I know, I was on stream earlier today. Uh, and we kind of kicked their ass for the first couple rounds, although it didn't take them long to <laughs> right. to come back and, and do their thing. So, And not surprisingly either, because uh, I think most of us were pretty out of practice, and I don't think those guys are ever out of practice. Uh, so let me bring oh, up that no. footage. We oh, did get the firewall 1.06 update today. Uh, and this is, by the way, the footage of, um, of us playing against pumpkins and void citizen. Uh, so I think we can probably go big screen for this. Uh, hopefully we'll have this, hopefully this conversation will go fast. So you'll only see us winning and not when we start losing <laughs> fingers crossed that this is not a long conversation. Um, so, uh, First Contact Entertainment posted this today on their Discord. They said, <laughs> today's small patch, well, pay very close attention to the wording here, Wes. Today's small patch focuses on further improvements to squad matchmaking. This patch should help alleviate some instances <laughs> of squad split up uh, when attempting to match games together. I mean, I've never seen patch notes that were less promising than this was in my entire life. Uh, today's oh, small oh. patch should help alleviate some instances. Okay. This is this is them saying, "Don't expect shit." No, I, I don't think I think you're misreading that. That when I when I read that those patch notes, yeah, the way I take it is <laughs> we were already ninety five percent there there are still a few cases of some people having problems yeah here is the remaining small patch to fix the what was left that we haven't already fixed and i think that they're they're kind of trying to without saying it say hey guys give us a little credit here it's actually in a pretty good state already here's the the last five percent to get it all the way there well I did not feel like it was in a pretty good state already. Uh, I was, uh, I was actually writing my review in progress or my pre-review, as I've been talking about for about a week now, uh, saying, you know what, it's just time. Let's get this fucking video out and like let's tell people the state of the game currently and blah blah blah. And so I actually wrote that whole thing today. That was like what I did today, is I wrote my pre-review, and 
And then as soon as I was done writing it, the patch went live and I was like, fuck, well, let's see how much of this is still relevant. This is why I didn't review it at launch because fucking Jesus, like it's, it's impossible to review games because immediately the next day they're irrelevant and outdated. Uh, but I got in, I teamed up with, uh, I'm sure you can see it on the screen here. Um, I teamed up with my friend, Austin Tatum, uh, my friend Jelly and my friend Pacer, uh, all from our discord, all great cats. And, uh, and it, it was a good team. We had a great team. Like I said, we played against Punch Frying Pumpkins, Void Citizen, Solid Justice, and Mud 27. And we were able to all get into a lobby together, uh, which is not unusual, right? That, that always worked. What was unusual is that when Jelly started the game, it actually, it only took a few seconds to go into a public match. It faded out. We all, were all faded back in quick. The 45 second clock uh, was already counting down. Uh, by the time I saw it, it was already down 39 seconds. I was like, shit, okay, we're, we're, we're moving right along. When it hit zero, we were in a match. And all of us were on the same team properly. All four of us that I went in with, this was the big issue, is that if you went in with three or four other people, I'm sorry, if you went in with three or four people total, there was no chance in hell you were all going to be on the same team or that there was even a possibility. Oh, of, whoa, whoa. What? Wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. What? You say there's no chance in hell that you, I went in this last weekend yeah. after they released the last patch okay. that would, would now allow four people to squad up and go public. Um, not, I think not X -Fill, right? You, you, you went and did not public contracts, uh, public contracts. Okay. Um, we did like three or four rounds and the first round or two, we we all stayed in the same squad. And it was in the later part of the uh, session that I think it was Eric uh, got peeled away and put onto the other team. He was okay. still on our match, but he was on the other team. But saying that there was no chance in hell that four people could stay together isn't true because I did it and it worked. See, and this is the problem. Everyone's having a different experience. And so yeah. I'm thrilled to hear that because every time I've played up until today, Never, 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 never. We've tried over wow, and over okay. and over to have four people squat up and, and, and stay together. And there there were workarounds, right? People were like, oh, if you all reset the app and you all join this and then you play this first, if you, you know, like it, it, they, people knew workarounds to make it work. But it was like, but the game should just work. Right? And so, yeah. uh, and, and so I didn't know the workarounds. I wasn't willing to put up with that nonsense. And, and we didn't have any luck at all. Uh, all, us go, all staying on the same team and very frequently, at least one or two of us would be booted out of the, out of the lobby and couldn't even be reinvited. Like it would just say, that, yeah, that did happen. That happened to me. Uh, once and it happened, I think to void void was playing with us. Nice. Well, wait a minute. Was it, well, it was Geisen. I think it was Geisen got booted out. Fist bump. Uh, and, and the way it, the way that that kind of worked, that bug was you'd get kicked out of the game, and then um, you would go back to your notifications to try to join, and the note, the join button would be grayed out yeah. so that you couldn't join. Uh, the, the the workaround was you had to kill completely kill the game and and restart it, and then you could go back in. Um, so yeah, that that was uh, an annoying bug. I got to say, though, man, my, my experience with Firewall since launch has been way better than a lot of people's because mine. <laughs> that that first week, mm -hmm. I, I didn't even really try to do anything public in it. It was all private. Like we would just get eight and play it. And it worked pretty close to flawlessly when I did that. Um, and then this last weekend when we went back to it, uh, we 
you know, we took four and went public with it and it worked for a good part of the time there. And even when it didn't work again, it was just, we lost mash and he was an opponent instead of a teammate okay. still had a blast in it. And then, uh, now it's all fixed. So, I mean, I mean, I kind of did by chance did the one thing that you would have to do to not have very many issues with it. But I haven't had very many issues with it. Like, I've had a few things, but nothing game-breaking, nothing extremely frustrating for me. So. Well, we had a great time today, I will say. Again, sorry, sirens on my end. Uh, we had a great time with it today, and, uh, and everything was working for us. Uh, however, it is not fixed for everybody. So uh, the, the patch notes were accurate. Uh, I did see on Twitter, uh, one of my followers said he's just absolutely frustrated after today's patch went in and still couldn't play with his friends, uh, still having awful issues. So uh, people are on all sides of this thing. Some people have been, as you as you pointed out, Wes, you, people have been having really good luck for uh, since launch. And then other people have not been having good luck and some people are still having bad luck. Today, my experience was amazing. And it just it just made me like, dude. If I didn't have work to do today, I would have fucking played oh, all day, real. you know. Because they they fixed the leveling system, and so you gain XP way faster. Uh, it, it's not as much of a grind, and uh, and so I'll be, you know, like I will play all night tonight if anybody's around. If anybody plus, wants to play, plus they gave us all a uh, hundred k crypto to to buy shit with as we unlock it. So everybody's got money now. Yeah. Uh, so we can get some like. I need to level up because I feel useless as a defender right now. I have no proximity mines. I don't have any of the stuff that I would typically be using on the original firewall to defend. I just kind of have the same loadout for offense and defense. So I need to get some time in there. So yeah, hit me up if you're going in. I did catch your, uh, your invite the other night, like uh, the, the next morning. So apologies <laughs> on that one, but never uh, I'm, I'm typically down for firewall never have to apologize uh here's what happens uh, i go in and i just spam a ton of invites and uh <laughs> you know I, i'm like well there's two more spaces on the team and whoever the first two that accept the invites like let's do this um also if you're watching this right now uh sorry podcast listeners uh there's it's only me and void left <laughs> and he's at, and he's at the laptop and i'm racing to the laptop uh hoping to take him down before he's able to finish the hack and I just start firing at the laptop and he's not even standing there. Um, it's a very tense moment. It's a very tense moment. Uh, uh, and I think this is the last great moment for our team before uh, all shit hits the fan <laughs> and, and void goes down and we win the match. Uh, just, I'm sure pumpkins uh, stream tells the whole story though, <laughs> where, where everything from this point on is just tragic and we lose horribly from this point on. So, uh, Michael Grant with the $2 tip says, <laughs> I've never heard the sirens, Brian, not once. I don't know what to say. I, I, I typically I, don't hear them either. Sometimes I catch them, but most of the time I don't. Good, good. I, I'd rather say it just to be on the safe side because I don't want anybody driving, listening to this on the podcast and thinking that like they're getting pulled over or something. Um, oh, right. And at this point, it's a, uh, it's just something we do. So that's the current state of firewall for me. Is firewall fixed? Currently, it seems to be for me. I'm going to play a lot tonight. I'm going to play a lot for the next two days. Uh, fuck the pre-review. 
I just need to review this thing. It's time to review Firewall, right? Now that I can actually play it, let's review it. Uh, so this is this is my goal. I'm going to play as much as I possibly can over the next 48 hours. I'm going to level up as much as I can. I'm going to play with as many people as possible. And I'm wicked excited because, dude, like we said on launch day, when like we sort of just didn't run into problems, we're like, dude, it's not perfect, but Firewall's back. Like it feels like yes. Firewall, and it was just exciting to play again. So uh, you know, it's not going to be for everybody. The Funk Bomb Bros. Oh, the sirens have not. never really been there. Like that's totally possible, honestly. So definitely not for everybody, but uh, yeah, it's it's Firewall. Um, not perfect. Like the menus are still confusing. I'm still not a big fan of uh, the way the ADS works. Um, yeah. But it's firewall. I like it. I want to. I want to. I want to get a gun stock out and see if I can make it feel like an aim controller. Is it weird that I I like the ADS because I feel like it still no, requires some, a lot of people do still requires the same amount of like reaction speed. It's not like it, you just you know, or it feels like it requires well, the same mine, amount of reaction speed. Mine just doesn't. It doesn't line up right. Like for for some reason, oh. and I may need to calibrate my eye tracking. Maybe that's the problem. But when I hit it. Like instead of the dot being in the center of the uh, of the the reticle, like it should be, it's it goes down to the bottom. So like I've literally here's the top surface of the gun. The dot is right on top of it, and it's not natural. It's not shouldn't be like that. So it's just it doesn't look right for me when I do it that way, and I have to kind of readjust and re-aim uh, after I pull that trigger and then you know the way firewall is you know if you're taking a second to think about doing something you're dead you know can't so i just typically don't don't use it all right man we got one more tip and then we're going to do some 20 questions we got grandpa's barbecue or game cat grandpa barbecue or game cat still isn't right with the uh australian austrian australian five dollar tip if Xbox suddenly entered the VR market in collaboration with Quest 3, that's an interesting spin on this, how do you think that would shake up VR? I think it would be huge. I think it would be absolutely huge. I've done whole episodes on this topic, Brian, because Xbox is a Windows-based console. It's basically a PC in a box. So it wouldn't take much on a technical... Uh, on the technical end, to make Xbox support uh, Oculus Link, which is the uh, feature that allows you to connect your Quest to a PC. They could do the same thing with Xbox. They could make it wireless, right, with no extra equipment, just with everything that's already included. And I think it would be huge, because not only would it... um, Not only would it breathe new life into the substantial Oculus Rift catalog, which is dying, by the way. You know, it would bring back Lone Echo and and, uh, Wilson's Heart and Asgard's Wrath and all of these all-time great VR games that are dying on that dying platform. But it would also allow um, Microsoft a, a place to kind of invest in VR software. Some of the big IPs that they own um halo they could release a halo video game uh a vr game on their platform on their console that's exclusive to their console they 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 have the uh, hellblade sequel which looks incredible 
they could VR that if they entered into a uh, an agreement with Meta, and it would be a win win for them. I mean, it would be they they both. I mean, we j- I know we just talked about how um, Sony doesn't really look at Meta as a big competitor. Yeah. But if Meta were to enter into an agreement with Xbox, that's a game changer. Then they would would be direct competitors, and it would allow Microsoft to get into VR gaming without having to put in all the work into developing the hardware with that. Um, so it would be a win-win. It would be a W for Meta. It would be a W for Microsoft. It makes all the sense in the world, and it would make a pretty big impact on our uh, industry, I think. Yeah. Uh, Frosted Behemoth Cat in the chat says, there's some kind of connection between Oculus and Microsoft. Uh, when the CV1 released, it uh, re- released with an Xbox controller. Uh, That's so- right. You know, and, and then uh, on a recent um, meta showcase, whatever the fuck they called it, uh, they revealed that uh, Game Pass would work, right? In in the headset, you could stream Microsoft games to your Quest, uh, which is interesting. You know, let's play flat screen games with our uncomfortable headset on. <laughs> like, it's not how I want to play Xbox games. But again, yeah, it's, it, it further shows the, you imagine, Brian? the strengthened the strength of that relationship. Like, what is what is going on there? Um, and, and again, man, you like, imagine Microsoft supporting VR software wise with Game Pass, like releasing big budget VR games, Starfield in a subscription service like that, like Starfield or uh, you know, there's so many that they could do. I mean, there's already games on Game Pass that support VR. You know, uh, like Tetris Effect is on there. Microsoft Flight Simulator is on there. Like, they could expand that out and really have an advantage um, over Sony um, if they just agree to uh, help each other, these two massive companies. Yeah. Um, it and- makes all the sense in the world. It really does. And let's be honest, Wes, Redfall would finally find an audience because even <laughs> kind of okay flat screen games are awesome in VR, right? Dead Island 2 for me, perfect 7 out of 10 game, bro. The mechanics in that are better than so many VR games. It would be one of the best VR games we have, right? Easily 10 out of 10. It's a 7 out of 10 game on the flat screen. If they, did, if they made it VR AF, 10 out of 10. Redfall. Yeah, VR is a very different, <laughs> different world. VR than yeah. than like there are, there are things that, um, like the top traditional games do that if they bring that stuff into VR, people would hate it. Like all these grindy games where you're you're like you're teaming up with three other people to just grind and grind and hit the next level and grind and grind and hit the next level and there's like. 40, 50, 60 hours of that, that doesn't really translate to VR. Isn't that what um, I did with Swords of Gargantua? <laughs> maybe. You might be right. <laughs> Actually, and and the follow-up. Um, what, what was Third Versus game on uh, PSVR 2? Uh, Altair Breaker? Yeah, I feel like I just that the game was all about grinding, and you know what? I fucking dug it. So, apparently I'll do anything in VR. Yeah. True, fair. That's fair. <sighs> you know who else would do anything in VR, Wes? <laughs> my mom <laughs> do you know how many of those statements we got in the chat tonight like virtual strangers is taking over it's infectious man i've made my impact like uh, these jokes will be <laughs> continuing long after i'm past right 
what kind of benchmark are we setting here? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't oh, know. That's, that's, that's what I'm going to be best remembered for, though, I think, is a joke that's not even my joke. Like, <laughs> that's a regular show joke that oh, I just really? revived. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, man. You know what time it is? It's time for some 20 questions. So hopefully everybody in the chat... Uh, Wait, Ian Stanbridge in the chat says, Brian is forgetting how terrible the AI is in Redfall. Bro, the the strength of the AI for me has never made a game fun or, or not fun. Uh, I mean, Crossfire doesn't have the best AI. has some really bad AI sometimes. And, uh, dude, again, in VR, I feel like these things are more forgivable than they are on the flat screen. Just saying. Uh, awesome Tatum in the chat says, Wes, Far Cry 6 in VR mod, did you see it today? I did. And uh, Far Cry 6 was on sale on the Ubisoft store, so I picked it up, $15. And I haven't tried it yet, uh, but I'm excited to. I, I love the idea that I'm going to get to play that in VR, Brian, but I think my favorite part about that is is that when we covered Far Cry 1 uh, a couple weeks ago, Simplex left a comment on our video because I said during the video, you know, I'm only so, so excited for Far Cry and VR because it's the first one. And if it were like Far Cry 5 or 6 or even 3, I would be much more excited. So I got this long comment about how um, the first Far Cry was in CryEngine and all the rest of them were done by Ubisoft. And there's just no chance that any of those games would be uh, modded into VR. And I love it because now, two weeks later... Far Cry 6 is in VR, so eat it, Simplex. Eat it. Love it. Love it. All right, man. Uh, you ready to do some 20 questions? I'm never ready to do 20 questions, but I will give it my best. Dude, no one's ever ready to do 20 questions. This game's way harder than it feels. Like, all I've done for the last <laughs> six, seven years is cover PSVR games. And every time, the, every time we start this, I forget every game I've ever reviewed. I don't remember anything. So, guys, in the chat, help him out, all right? Be good to him. You guys have 20 yes or no questions and uh, only six minutes to figure out what game PSVR 1 or PSVR 2 I'm thinking of. Um, let's do this shit. On your mark, get Dez. Go. Has this game been announced for PlayStation VR 2? Yep. Has this game been released on PlayStation VR 2? It's an interesting strategy, Cotton. Yes. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. What was the second question? I'm AJing the fuck out of this. It has not been released on play. It has been announced. It has not been released. Announced, not released. Has it been uh, released on PlayStation VR 1? Yes. How are you doing this? Are you reading my mind? <laughs> uh, well, I've got a very uh, a very patented RSTLNE going on here. <laughs> um, Is the Wheel of Fortune joke? Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, PSVR one game announced for PSVR two, um, not released yet. I think I already know what it is. Uh, have we did we talk about this game today, Brian? This game, no, we did not talk about this game today. Okay, so it's not Waltz of the Wizard. I thought you were going with the softball there. All right, so. Um, is this game um can you play this game on other vr platforms uh yes you can yes that's five is it playable flat no all right so it's a vr exclusive that was on psvr one 
Uh, it's a multi-platform game that's announced for PSVR 2, but not coming yet. Yes. All right. I mean, that's interesting. Um, is this game going to be released this month? No. Mm, October? Yes. All right. So it's like an October strategy. release. This is, this is bullshit. Uh, I, I call foul. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're so asking there's, all there's the right questions, Wes. I hate it. Yeah. Uh, so let's see what what's coming in uh, October that we didn't talk about already today. Um, is Paper Beast coming? I thought Paper Beast was coming this month. I'm not sure. Um, no. Is it, uh, is it a horror game, Brian? It is a horror game, Wes. Hmm. Has this developer done other PlayStation VR games? Indeed. Yes, they have. There, That's 10. Was their other VR game uh, terrible? <sighs> yes. <laughs> All right, all right. Um, so did this game recently come to PSVR 1? Yes, it did, Wes. Okay, yeah, I think the chat's all over this one. Looper had you pretty pretty quickly here, and I'm not so sure he quickly. was even the first one. Uh, is this game Bad Dreams, Brian? This game is Bad Dreams, Wes, coming to PlayStation VR 2 as very Bad Dreams uh, in uh, in October. Very, I'm oddly excited for this. Oddly excited for the release yeah. because... It's a very creative horror game that was just kind of a mess on PSVR 1. Uh, but I haven't even checked in on it recently on PSVR 1. There's been a bazillion patches. So it might already be a lot better. It was pretty good on Steam. I mean, there were a few small bugs, uh, but nothing that really got too irritating. I, I enjoyed the surrealism of this game and just how crazy some of the parts are. Like... Uh, Oh, I don't want to ruin. I was about to go down like my favorite parts, but yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll save it. A, a good amount of this game feels like it could have been made in dreams. Um, like it's just like, you know, so something will crawl across the screen and then just kind of stay there, like in the environment or like just outside the environment. Like if you happen to clip through, you're like, oh, there's that spider outside my apartment <laughs> just sitting there. Like, you know, it's that, it's that kind of weird stuff. But again, uh, there's so much creativity here that I'm almost willing to overlook it. Um, I, I, I had a good time with this. So hopefully the PSVR 2 version looks super crisp and clear uh, and has worked out a lot of the bugs because, yeah, I want this, I, I want this to be good. And on top of that, uh, this is technically episode one, and they said more. Uh, the next episode of uh, Bad Dreams should be coming this year. So I don't know if that means like PC nice. VR uh, or if it means all platforms, um, but I definitely want to see more of this. And that's not something I, I ever said about Darkness Roller Coaster. I wonder if they'll um, they'll bring the bow and arrow back because <laughs> I, I used the bow and arrow in the first room in the tutorial. Uh, I didn't finish the game, but I made it almost to the end and never saw another bow and arrow. Yep, I can confirm. Bow and arrow never <laughs> makes a comeback ever after the tutorial. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's a sequel thing. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Episode two. Uh, all right, man. 
I think that's it. I, I, th I think we covered all the tips. I think we covered all of our topics. I think it is time to wrap this sucker up. Um, yep, I'm just scrolling to make sure I didn't miss anything. And I didn't, as far as I know. Uh, if I did, I apologize. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Uh, definitely appreciate everyone who helps this channel run. And, of course, my co-host. Make sure you subscribe to his channel over there at Virtual Strangers. The link for that's in the description below. VR agnostic, as they say. Uh, you know... Yeah. I, I thought I thought that I turned that I coined that term VR agnostic. I started calling our channel that yeah uh, years ago. I I I, uh, I recently and I can't remember exactly where I saw it, but it was in uh, some industry literature, like some like behind the scenes stuff. Uh, I think from Sony. I think it was uh, like some internal stuff from Sony that was referring to VR agnostic. Uh, and I thought, I wonder if they watch our show. I wonder if they got that term from us. Oh, obviously. Uh, and when I say our show, I mean this one. I know I don't for a minute think that they watch Virtual Strangers, but they may have heard us say it on here uh, a couple times. And it's in their documents now, Brian, which I think is cool. Yeah, I, I'm willing. I'm I'm willing to bet they watch Virtual Strangers. I, I don't. I don't think they want anything to do with with that parole. In all fairness. <laughs> Um, uh, but thank you, Wes, for being here. And thank you, uh, everybody helps the channel run. Uh, we got Rypop who uploads this thing on podcast services of your choice. What's up, audio listeners? Uh, we also got Sci-Fi Game Cat Henry who makes uh, this show much easier to watch after the fact by putting timestamps in. Thanks, Henry. Uh, also, all of my mods who work tirelessly around the clock to make sure our community does not go to shit. Uh, to all those people who try to make our community go to shit. You can fuck yourself. Uh, thank you to our mods who make sure it doesn't happen. Uh, of course, uh, everybody helps the channel financially over here on, uh, on on YouTube, being members, and over on patreon.com slash without pearl games. Uh, also, everybody who tips during the show, everybody who helps out during 20 questions, hangs out, shoots the shit with us, and of course, all of you who sit back, watch the show, and don't say a goddamn word. We know you're out there, and we love you just as much. Happy Wednesday, Wes. Happy Wednesday, Brian. Have a good day, cats. Wes, well, so I was going to say this at the beginning of the show, but I, I didn't want to test the audience and find out how many of them wouldn't be jerks <laughs> because we do have a great audience i think everybody hanging out is is amazing um but i didn't want to test how loyal they'd be because i didn't get wordle today yet this will be my fifth guess and i have four out of the five letters but i don't know what any of the order the order that they're in and i'm struggling man like i can't think of anything else usually i wake up and before i even sometimes if i go to bed after midnight i'll do wordle right? Because it's tomorrow's Wordle. Uh, but usually I'll wake up and before I even leave bed and get some coffee in my system, uh, that's what I do first thing in the morning. And my whole family plays and we're on a text message thread where we all send each other our mm. Wordle little diagrams and stuff. And so we're, you know, we're all kind of casually competing with each other. And, and here it is, it's almost eight o'clock at night and I haven't gotten Wordle done yet. Like I'm stressing the fuck out, dude. Like I gotta like spend some time playing Wordle, and so I knew if I said this before the show, somebody would be somebody would type a five-letter word in the chat. That's all they would write, and they would fuck mm. me over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not familiar. I like I know that there's a game called Wordle, but that's all I know about it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, man. Maybe um, 
get some nootropics going on, take in some cordyceps mushrooms, oh, there get you go. that sharpness back. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'm all about microdosing. Oh, shit, we're still in the air. All right, guys. Uh, <laughs> see you guys later. Uh, we'll see you Friday. Good night, everybody. We love you.